and welcome back to Hollywood at Home with the Creative Coalition, hosted by Robin Bronk. It's your moment to hear the unfiltered backstory of Hollywood's biggest stars. So sit back, relax, and listen in, as today we have the pleasure of welcoming, from Netflix's upcoming show Free Ridge, Ciara Riley Wilson to the hot seat. So you're set to star in this upcoming series, Free Ridge. Yes. And I know it's a sequel to Netflix's On My Block. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit. Can you give us a little bit of a taste of the show? Yeah. So On My Block um, is a show that ran on Netflix for four years. It's an incredible dramedy about um, four kids in downtown LA and the stuff they go through. And Free Ridge is a spinoff of that. So it's set in the same world, just four new characters. So the original core four were um, three boys and one girl. And the new core four is three girls and one boy. What is your role? I play a 15-year-old girl named Demi. Demi is kind of a spiritual empath. So she's really into crystals and tarot cards, which was fun for me because I got to um, do a lot of research on that when, uh, you know, when I booked the role and preparing for the project. And the whole show is, is really cool because we kind of just get to portray really true and real problems of 15 year olds living in LA and also like this side storyline of a curse, which involves a lot of my like spirituality background. My character like is kind of the spiritual guide in figuring out if this curse is real or not. So, and it's interesting because when, you know, a lot of shows about LA are more like the Beverly Hills. Yeah. So tell me, tell me how this differs. Yeah. So this is, it's, it's set in downtown LA. So we are, um, a lot of it is walking down the streets in our homes and it feels very real and it's about real families and real struggles. Um, and I think that's what on my block did so well is people could finally see things in LA that aren't about glamor and Hollywood and that there are real people and real minority communities out there who are, you know, living just the way that they are. So you, the name of, you play the role of Demi. Mm-hmm. Tell me about her and where you had to find your character. How did you develop her? I I actually, it's cool because I had a lot of time to develop Demi. I booked the role about um, over a year. I don't know the exact time that line, but over a year before we actually started filming. So I had a lot of time to sit with it and let it develop. And I think of Demi a lot as kind of like my younger self. Uh, and I want to like guide her and give her a hug, but she can't, you know, when you're young, you you figure things out as you go and you make mistakes and you learn. And so I feel like Demi's really similar to me um, in a sense. I'm really into spirituality and things. She's really into fashion and, and putting things on her body to express herself because I feel like she can't find the words within. Like she she reaches outwards for, you know, these, these answers, these tarot cards to understand her life and other people's lives. And I, I just think that's really cool, but she's still a kid and she's still figuring it out. Where are you filming? We filmed in Burbank at ATB studios. And you grew up in Oregon. Yeah. And at what, I mean, because, you know, what moment, because you're still, you know, you're, you've done a lot, but you're at the beginning of your yeah. career. When was that moment when you decided you were going to throw it all in? Yeah. I mean, it is, it is crazy coming from out of state. I'm, I have like amazing parents who saw from a young age that I was really, really into the arts and meant to do something um, 
in regards to performing. So I started as a dancer, actually, like a competitive dancer. And there was a certain point, I think I was 11, where I did an acting camp in Los Angeles. And then at the end, they do an agent showcase. And the um, agent then picks some kids to, you know, offer representation. But I like lived in Oregon and I was just doing it for the summer. And my mom was like, wow, like you could actually take this seriously if you wanted to. And so I kind of dipped my toe in and came to LA for like months at a time with my mom. And I just fell in love with it. And kind of, my parents were really, really supportive in helping me do that at such a young age. Parents are the unsung heroes of yeah. a young artist's life. Yeah, it's, it's so true. It's so true. I couldn't have done it without them. So do you feel, so you've done a lot. You've done everything from Nickelodeon to Grey's Anatomy. And you were in the original Kim Possible movie. Yeah. Right? Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Kim Possible was so fun. Oh my gosh. That that feels like my first like big project for me because I'd done guest stars and like voiceover and stuff in the past. But that was like, feels like my project. I actually got a tattoo for that project. Um, when you got a tattoo? Because I got you a celebrate tattoo. the project or for the project? For Because it was such an um, incredible experience. I oh, it was wow. the first time. I'll tell you a little bit about it. It was the directors, Adam and Zach, were really monumental in kind of helping me find myself as an actor and like finding the confidence to, you know, really take up space. And it was when I met my, um, some of my two best friends, the girl who played Kim Possible. I still, she's my roommate now. I still live with her and we filmed that like years ago. And so it just feels like my first thing. And I just wanted to remember it forever. And, and so, yeah. What is the tattoo of? So it's uh, at the end, Adam, the director, he wrote everyone handwritten letters about the experience. And in it, he talks about me having this spark. That's not something you can name. And it's not something I have to try to do. It's just like within me. And so I got the word spark in his handwriting. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So but it's so cool. But to my daughters out there, I don't want you getting a tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> that's so I know, my, cool. My parents didn't want so cool for Mrs. Wilson's daughter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't tell them for a while, to be honest. I was, my dad has this rule where he's like, you can get a tattoo when you win an Oscar. And then I was oh, like, that's a no. good rule. I know, but. Oh, you're, your parents are like good parents. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. So then you grew up watching Kim Possible. I did. I was a little bit on the uh, younger side, but I was completely familiar with it. Like I didn't start right when it came out. But of course, when I booked the job, I rewatched all of the episodes and tell me about filming that was a big movie set Kim Possible yeah studio movie yeah we we filmed in Vancouver which was lovely got to be there um for four months my favorite part was the stunt training we got they were really 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 hands-on with having us do a lot of it um and we went out there a month early just to do stunt training so I was like in the best shape of my life, just like. Were you scared? Yeah. No, I think I think I was more excited just because I'm a dancer and anything that like with acting that involves physicality is like really exciting to me. And it was cool because my character did a lot with bow staff, so I got to. What was the hardest stunt you had to do? Like the um, most challenging. I think learning how to do an aerial. It was like. What is an aerial? An aerial is basically a cartwheel with no hands. So you kind of just like, wow. 
And have you ever done that before? I, I had like attempted in dance, but the problem is my, so they had our stunt doubles do everything again, just in case like it looked walking. Mm-hmm. And she was um, a lefty, I believe, but my like, my right side was better. And so I had to like relearn how to do it on the other side. So that was the hardest part so that we could match up. Uh, Did you, um, do, have you done it since? No, <laughs> I never. Luckily this is a podcast and I won't make you do yeah. it. Oh my God. <laughs> No, but I do like whenever there's a broom around, I always like pick it up and like do all my bow staff stuff just to remember that I have it in me. That's so funny because I was in high school. I was a, I don't even know what you call them now, but it was a majorette then when you wore those little boots and we had to twirl things. Oh, yeah. So, so if I walk by an umbrella, I start. Yeah, yeah my mom does that too. She did. She did baton twirling in, yeah. in college. So yeah, I totally know what you mean. Yeah, so I can't walk past an umbrella, but I have never admitted that. <laughs> well, look at that. <laughs> umbrellas away from me. So, and then you've also done a lot of network TV. You did an episode of Grey's Anatomy. What was it like walking onto that? And what what season was it? Or oh my gosh, I it was it's the most recent season. I so they I, they've I, been I, they've been around that. So many. There's that so many hospital um, for nineteen yes. years. And now you're walking that. Grey's Anatomy is a well-oiled machine. That's for sure. Like you, you walk on the, the stage is really cool. It's a, it's an entire lot converted into a hospital and every room is a set so that they can film anywhere. So it's like the holding room is, looks like a hospital and the, you know, like everything, it feels like you're just in a hospital. It's not like a set. And I think that's really cool. And everyone was so nice and they don't, I mean, of course it's, it's, they should be nice, but you know, they've been doing it for so long in Grey's Anatomy, especially like there's so many guest stars and co-stars who come in and out. Like they don't have to really talk to everyone, but they were really, really sweet. What was your role in the episode? I played Diamond. I, it was a really cool episode about um, women's reproductive rights. And um, yeah, they've been great on that this season. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're always great. Yeah, but I was I was super excited to be a part of that. And I had an ovarian twist, twisted ovaries, which is a problem I didn't know about until reading the script, but apparently it is it is a really common thing and it's incredibly painful. And um yeah, it was really cool to learn about that. Well, so when you were doing this, I see I always I I'm a big Grace fan, except I always think it's like, oh well, wait, what's the symptom? Did, yeah. you have to, did you have to, I, I guess you as you were, so you were the patient. So you had to like yeah. hear a lot of the medical. Yeah. Like, yeah. Had. I was, I was in, they were doing the storyline was they were doing a um, presentation to a bunch of teenage high school students about like sex ed and stuff like that. And then in the middle of the presentation, I like buckle over in pain and they're like, Oh, well, thank God we're at a hospital. We can <laughs> treat her. And then end up getting operated on and everything. But it was really cool. I there was a guy on set who um, was making sure everything was, you know, made made sense and was correct After, medically. Yeah. So like I, you know, was asking him like which side is it more common that would be more painful and and stuff like that. So and what was it like the background of the medical show? Is everything does it feel like you're in a hospital? It does. <laughs> with the with the cameras. And yeah. How how like, there was this one scene where I was in, I, I believe it was like an x-ray tube and it was really interesting. I, I, I was talking to the guys and I was like, is this a real thing that you took all the, you know, 
actual x-rays out or did you build this specifically for it? And they built it for it. Really? And, and when I was in there, um, they closed all the doors because they wanted like this wide shot and no one was in the room with me and I could barely hear anything. And I was like, I actually feel like I am in the hospital right now. <laughs> like I was disassociating a little bit like, oh my God, there's no cameras around me at all. I can't see anything. I'm just staring at the ceiling. In so the which, which doctors treated you? Um, it was Dr. Addison Montgomery, which is awesome because she, that was her first time coming back. Um, oh, is that, is that, um, Kate Walsh? Yes. Oh, wow. So you were her like first comeback. Uh, yeah. She was the one who operated on me, um, last minute. And it was a really cool scene because she was kind of all the other newer doctors were like, Oh, I don't know if we should do that. I don't know if we should do that. And she was like her badass self and was like, no we need to save this girl and make sure that she can, you know, have children in the future and be okay. And so she has this whole, like, I don't know, powerful thing in the middle of my surgery. I thought that was really cool. So what did you see? So you were with a lot of veteran actors and did, mm-hmm. you, learn, did you learn anything from anyone? Yeah. I mean, they're just incredibly sharp and, and they've been doing it for so long and they are, um, I really learned a lot about, you know, kind of standing up for yourself on set too. Like if they wanted to do something a certain way and and they thought that was right for their character, they were able to speak up and collaborate kind of with the team around them. And I think that's really cool. Sometimes it's hard me growing up like as a child in the industry specifically, it's like you, it's hard to speak up sometimes, even if you like know your character and you feel like you, you want to try something. So that was cool to see them do that. And you were on the television show LA's Finest with another mm-hmm. bunch of fabulous people, Jessica Alba and Gabrielle Union. What was your character there? So I played um, Jessica's daughter's best friend. So I was around her house and um, all the storyline within that. And that was a really cool project. That was also just like, oh my gosh, just badass women. Um, Jessica and Gabrielle Union were also. Um, a lot of the behind the scenes producers and directing and, and, you know, like really being hands-on. And I remember I had this big uh, crying scene and I was, I was a lot younger when I filmed this and I had like a lot of anxiety around crying in um, settings like that. And Jessica was so, so kind to me throughout that whole thing. And I was able to get there and she was like, I don't know, that's just like something I'll hold in my heart for a long time. Tell me about your character on LA's Finest. Okay, so my character was Letty, and um, I was I was very supportive of Sophie's character in the show, who is Jessica Alba's daughter. And I actually, this is just a side note, but I actually um, knew Sophie in real life. We grew up in Oregon dancing together, and we were cast as best friends on the show, which I thought was really cool. And there's this crazy scene where I help her shave her head. And so she's kind of going through a lot and I'm like her rock in, in the series. And so, yeah, that's kind of what, what goes on. So what do you see? You've done a lot of episodic work on television and you're, you're, you're doing it you know, now with your Netflix series. What would you tell for those of us who, you know, there's network episodic, there's streaming episodic. Do you feel a difference when you're at a streamer or a network project? Um, that's a good question. I think it depends. What's what's really interesting is LA's Finest was a network show and then it got picked up for streaming. I think nowadays there's kind of a 
blurred line. Um, I think people are experimenting a lot with genres and things don't feel specific to network and streaming. Um, Grey's Anatomy did feel very network because, you know, that, that show has a tone. But yeah, I think with, with streaming, you could definitely take your, your time a little bit more. That's, I guess, the one thing that I would notice. Do you feel like on the scripting wise, do you think that streaming shows do tend to be more edgy because they have more freedom or what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think definitely. Um, like Quantum Leap was a show that I, I absolutely love doing that I uh, came out a month ago and that is streaming on Pe- Peacock, but it has a very, mm-hmm. like that one has a, a pace and a, you know, and it kind of like, you know, you have to get it to a certain time because of, of commercials and, and all this. And so there's definitely like an energy that you can feel. You can't really explain, but. And this yeah. is the reboot that's on NBC, right? Yeah. Yeah. And what was your, what, what was that? What was the character you played there? Yeah. So that one, it's honestly one of my favorite projects I've done, which is surprising because it kind of came out of nowhere. My character is Leah and I am a girl in uh, the 1990s who is at a kind of correctional facility camp school in the middle of the desert for kids who, you know, were getting into some trouble. So I was, I'm like really hyper smart, but I've been diagnosed with all of these mental health illnesses and um, I was found self-harming. And so I was sent to this place. And then basically Ben, um, who time travels, he is sent there to save us all from dying because we escape from the school and end up on this wild adventure in the so you're so it takes place in the 1990s. Yeah, before you were born, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so what 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 struck what strikes you about the 1990s that you're that seemed? I mean, to me, it's like wasn't that yesterday? Yeah, <laughs> I mean the fat. I'm like a big fashion person. Yeah. So it was really cool to um, see what they dressed me in and that kind what of. Did, what did they dress you in? Because um, again, I'm like maybe maybe I look like I'm 1990s. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I was supposed to be kind of edgy, um, but I had a, they custom made this t-shirt of the band Hole. And um, that was really cool with like, you know, the, the, the tiara, um, that iconic photo. And then I had these rubber bracelets that you kind of put together and they like, you, you stack them in a way. And they said, uh, the wardrobe people said they were really, really cool at that time. And they were yeah, I don't know if you had those. And I had like a lot. I'm of sure I did. Now I'm like throwing them away. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like a good, you know, green army jacket and some big pants. Oh, yeah, army jackets mm-hmm. were big. The army jackets. Yeah. yeah. So and that I was, was like the edgy teenagers always wore the army. Yeah. Jacket. Yeah. They said it was inspired by like freaks and geeks like that. that I didn't know that. I, mean, I just knew that everyone had army jackets in there. Yeah. And in the 80s, they had army jackets with shoulder pads on. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what is, say, you're, you're, you know, the series is just premiered. What, what are the challenges that you want? What are your next challenges that you want to do? That I want to do um, in terms of projects? Mm-hmm. Or in life. We're, we're all about that. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple things. I have, like, a lot of really big, ambitious ideas for my future. Um, I'm really into fashion. So I am going to start a clothing line, which is very exciting and, and uh, a creative endeavor that I haven't quite dipped my toes into yet since I've been focused on acting for the you know past 10 years. In terms of acting projects, 
I, my absolute dream project, and if anyone that's listening is making a project similar to this, let me know, is my favorite era is the 70s in terms of fashion and music and just overall vibe. And I, and I'm Filipino as well. And I would love to do a piece that's like centered around like 70s rock or like just 70s fashion and see, you know, a Filipino person in it. Cause my grandparents were here in the seventies and that exists. And I think it would be really cool to do that kind of. Okay. Did everybody hear that? <laughs> Riley Wilson, yeah. the lead role in the next rock and roll seventies movie. Yes. I, I believe like you, I believe if you say it here on this podcast, it will. Yeah. Happen. That would be really cool. It would be really cool. Well, usually I end the um, interviews by saying to our guest, what would you have told your younger self at 19? But (laughs) that would be yesterday for you. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So what I want to say is where do you see yourself? What do you, what do you want? What do you, you know, envision in in addition to the 70s, the movie with rock and roll in the 70s about fashion, you starring in it. What else do you envision for yourself in 10 years? In 10 years, let's see. I would be 31. I would hope that I just, this is going to be sappy, but I just really love sappy. Yeah. I would hope that I really learn to hang on to the present moment. And when I look back, even though I still feel young, I'm so proud of everything that I've done. And I just really hope that I hold on to that feeling and that I can look back 10 years from now and not be so caught up on like, what's next, what's next, but like, Really like that hang- is great advice. That is perfect yeah. advice for anybody because to be not just to be present, but to realize this, you know, what you're doing, it's like how great it is. Yeah, especially in this world of the arts and like we are we are this is a joyful business. Like what we're doing, it's really, really cool. And it's you know, it's it's easy to take that for granted sometimes. And I and I just yeah, I just wanna hang on to the present moment. I think that's great. And there's nothing else I can say that's better. So thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for tuning into this week's episode of Hollywood at Home with the Creative Coalition featuring Ciara Riley Wilson. For more information about the Creative Coalition, visit our website at thecreativecoalition.org or visit our social media. That's at the Creative Coalition on TikTok and Instagram and at the Creative C on Twitter.